0: Tim Hague Reads Books, presented by Tim Hague. Ian Banks is among Britain's most entertaining, robust, and inventive writers. On the day of publication of his new science fiction novel, Surface Detail, he talked to Tim Hague about why advanced civilizations would create hells, whether continuity of consciousness is necessary to personhood, whether suffering and anguish have any significance in virtual reality, and insanity in AI while not neglecting big explosions, space warships, laser cannons and stuff. Ian Banks is two novelists. I know it's a cliche, but we're going to go there anyway. Um, He published his first book in 1984, which was The Wasp Factory, which made him a star. Since then there have been a dozen of what I'm going to describe as mainstream Novelists. For want of a better word, For want of a better one. Yes. It's wildly inappropriate, but let's call them mainstream novels. And of course you have uh, another uh, another persona, another incarnation, as Ian M. Banks, the uh, science fiction novelist. Well, uh, today's book is Surface Detail, which is just out. Um, and I, I, I count this as, is it 25 books in 26 years, or 26 books if you include the whiskey one? I think
1: it's 26, yeah. And You've been busy. I have, indeed. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way to me, because I write fast once I get going huh? Off an express train, so uh, uh, it feels quite you know fairly easy workload to me. But then, as I say, I do have the uh, blessed ability to write fairly quickly.
0: Is science fiction your first love?
1: Yes, I mean, not in the technical sense. I came to it sort of uh, when I was old, about twelve, or very early sort of teens, when I rediscovered. Really I'd probably read one or two you know, short, short stories or whatever or children's things that were technically aware of science fiction, but I hadn't really identified them as such. But uh, I was about around about that sort of age, you know, on the cusp of teenagehood, when uh, I was able to identify science fiction as a specific genre, which you could simply go to the library and get more of by looking for the magic letters SF. So, in that sense, yes, yes, it is.
0: Well, Surface Detail is, uh, if it's a science fiction book if and an E.M. Banks book, it's going to be in the context of the culture.
1: Mm, not so sadly. Some of them aren't. You Some know. of them are Yeah, but... Uh, but
0: if this is a culture novel.
1: Yeah, oh, entirely, yes, absolutely. You can tell that because it's got drones and uh, spaceships with ridiculous names.
0: I love and, the spaceships names. Like, so do I! I yeah, <laughs> they're all called things like Sense Amid Madness, Wit Amongst Folly, yep, and The Me the I'm Counting, the and, yep. and, thing. and The Falling Outside the Normal Moral Constraints.
1: That I would be a warship. Names. You can use it. Yeah, the ones are, um, the warships usually got the best names because they've usually got double meanings. There's, there was a, one of the warship names I was most pleased with was attitude adjuster. Yes, uh, was originally a NASA term. Um, and uh, frank exchange of views. I also that was a good name for a warship. Uh, yeah, so I I have I take great um, and enormous joy in, in naming the ships. It's one of my, it's one of the sort of treats. One of the perks.
0: Do thirty seconds on the culture. Let's let's put this in context before we start uh, talking about this particular story.
1: Oh, well, the culture is uh, it's a humanoid society, but it's got lots of, they're called minds, they're basically very sort of highly rated AI, artificial intelligences, and it's a kind of a sort of hybrid civilization in the sense that it's no longer just about the humans, it's about the, the machines as well, so it's a cooperative, um, uh, collegiate kind of uh, civilization. It's not, in a sense, for us, it would be in our far future, you know, thousands of years hence, or at least, you know, many hundreds. Um, but the way it works in the stories is that there's lots of humanoid races. You call them pan-human, don't you? Pan-human, yeah. Deem- there's, there's, there's lots of people. And actually, they're, they're, lots- they're, they're jolly human. Like us. They have uh, all the foibles and well, all the faults. The yes, uh, they kind of have to, otherwise you know, you're know, you kind of limiting yourself in terms of what you can sort of stories you can tell. So, um, yes, they're going to have to and that's uh, you know, that's intensely dubious from a you know, strictly factual point of view what one imagines the, the facts of uh, genuine alienness might actually be. they will probably be too alien for us to really understand. But mm. that's the thing, we don't no, we haven't met any yet. So, um, you know, at the moment we still have carte blanche.
0: This is a fairly philosophical book. There are two two main themes that I want to talk about. One is that you've got um in, it, within within the uh, the context of the story, there's um, uh, an arrangement of. of uh, virtual reality hells all the civilizations that are uh, that have reached a certain level have um, have m- developed an afterlife where mm-hmm. they can they can download a, a mind state mm-hmm. which is a, an accurate perfect representation of mm-hmm. of, a, of a sort of organistic <laughs> yeah it 's a, a
1: soul but in sort of secular sense and, and they 're
0: able to uh, to um, then offer offer to their members who die uh, an afterlife mm-hmm. I love the way that you think that <laughs> great many of them opt for hells as opposed to heavens
1: <laughs> well that's the, the individual concern don't opt you know that's um
0: oh the civilizations I mean.
1: ah yes quite uh, again i I'd, I'd imagine that would probably be quite a small um uh, sort of percentage as it were of the civilizations like that the only a few would be you know um so old-fashioned in a sense whatever to uh actually impose the idea of hells but I- enough for it to be uh statistically significant as it were there'd, there'd be enough that it would be re- regarded as a you know a problem within the, the greater galactic communities
0: well, well it is a problem because the book is about a, a war over the the, the status of, of no, the afterlife. very existence it's, it's a I war yes. we yes. call it a war in heaven but it's really yeah. a war about hell uh-huh. yeah and the war is also conducted on uh, the, the the level of uh, simulation of artificial reality mm.
1: Because that's a sensible place to have your wars, because you know, uh, it's just, just less wasteful, basically.
0: Unless one side loses and decides to cheat.
1: Ah, that's a sticking point in the book, because in theory you both have to come to a very firm and binding agreement right at the start that you won't do that. But you know, obviously if it matters to you enough, then you might decide to uh, throw that rule out if it looks like going against you. And that, in a sense, is what you know, that, that, that point is where the book is uh, sort of kicking off. Well, that's right, it, and it, that brings us to the other, uh,
0: significantly uh, philosophical strand, which is uh, there's, there's a uh, and you haven't, haven't laboured the point, but there's a big discussion of what it is to be a person, and and this mind state, this soul that you that you've got that we can that we can download onto a on some some substrate of, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and and into a, a virtual heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. Um, this can be done repeatedly, of course. Uh, you, in, in, in the book, uh, we we can bring people back and put them into a new body, or or, uh, or we can move them around into uh, all sorts of virtual places. And, and and it it sort of brings up the question of what constitutes a person, whether whether continuity mm-hmm. is uh, is necessary to to
1: personality. I think the thing about continuity is it, it is important, but at the same time we have to understand that uh, we don't have perfect continuity ourselves. We would absolutely argue that we are. Um, first of all, that we are conscious that we we are fully functioning conscious entities as human beings, and also that we have um, a very firm idea of ourselves as individuals as long as we haven 't had any you know, major traumas or uh, congenital diseases or whatever, um, if we are in that sense of normal uh, and there's what 's basically been the development of our brain and our sort of socialization as, as individuals then we are absolutely convinced that we are the same person from, you know, any given moment to moment. But in a sense, we're not really. I mean, for a start, there's that big sort of uh, almost unconscious thing we go through called sleep every mm. night, where often we have, you know, quite traumatic dreams or you know, things that we're not sure at the time whether they're real or not. Um, we... we get knocked out I've uh, um, I know myself I've been knocked out once or twice and woken up and I literally couldn't remember my own name you know Just kind of. I remember thinking, this is fascinating you know I'm, I I'm looking forward to finding out my name really soon now because that would be very reassuring but it was kind of interesting not to even know that absolutely most basic thing, I, mean, I still had some vague, you know, sense of self. You know, I'd only been out for like you know a few seconds, or whatever. But uh, so it's not as though we actually do ourselves have you know perfect continuity. Um, it's uh, our, our personalities, our view of ourselves, in a sense, is manufactured almost sort of day to day. In a sense, sort of begs the
0: question though about whether it matters. I mean, mm. it, but one, once you've got uh, a, a, a soul in hell. Um, and if, if it is not in, in the, what you call the real, uh-huh. um, does the anguish matter? Does Or if, if you're going to die in the virtual uh, realities, does the anguish of death count for anything?
1: Uh, yes. So I think this is um, uh, something that I've come, certainly come around to the idea of. It's something that I've kind of incorporated into the culture's you know, sort of ethos that uh, it's very largely about suffering. This is what it's really about. Um, it's only with... Uh, intelligence in a sense and and empathy and ability to project into the future uh, that you can in a sense truly suffer that's when it's possible to because you you anticipate you know torture that might come or you anticipate uh, the death of a loved one or whatever Um, and it's really about the attempt to forestall or to uh, minimise suffering in the first place and if uh, suffering does happen to any you know uh, conscious entity uh, at any level um, the attempt to alleviate and ameliorate that that suffering, and that is applies on a sort of sliding scale from um, uh, things that you would say, well, I can't really suffer. I do that. Can a fly, an insect, suffer? You know. Whereas like, a young puppy, you can imagine it suffering. You know. Um, you, uh, human beings, fully developed, or when they're still children, can, can definitely suffer. And uh, you can imagine that if we assume we do create artificial intelligences, that they too will be able to suffer. And that, in a sense, is what it really boils down to. And this is where morality really exists. is not causing uh, suffering, if you can possibly avoid it. And uh, if you encounter it, doing your damnedest to to try and get rid of oh, it. Oh, yeah,
0: but uh, somebody once said that the, the, prob- the, the Puritans' problem with bear baiting was not... Uh, that the bear suffers. Mm. The Puritans hated that. Uh, that the spectators enjoyed it, mm. and and I'm with the Puritans on that one, unusually, because that's exactly the point about bear baiting. That's what's wrong with with uh, with blood sports or something. Is 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 that, uh, is, is, is uh, things think terrible things happen mm. in nature. Of course they do, and animals will be t- torn horribly to pieces in nature. Mm. But when when it is consciously done to them, that, that's a different uh, a different context, a different morality.
1: Absolutely, yes. But I think that there, there still a moral component to the, the bear's suffering. I think that think still it's still a uh, a creature capable of suffering. can um, it? Won't feel it to the same degree that, that we might. We kind of we want to assume. But uh, it's, it's not completely irrelevant, but yeah, I'd agree that the, the main component of that thing that you have to be most worried about is the the sort of willing self-brutalization of the people who regard this as uh, you know, fit and proper entertainment. Um, and the fact that you know, because you're deliberately causing something, uh, uh, the, the analogy of which happens in, in the real world, and you know, bears will, will uh, male polar bears, for example, will attack and kill female polar bears and attack attack the young as well. That's not the point. There's no yeah. There's no subconscious. Um, uh, you know, it's not a moral act. Yeah, the there's no self-conscious de- determination to do this for 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 you know, sport and inverted commas for, for entertainment, whatever. Uh, so yeah, I can see both points of view. What I'm saying is that, that the bear's suffering is not completely irrelevant as well. Again, it's on that sliding scale that it's suffering. Matters as well.
0: I've rather run the risk of implying that this book is a terribly uh, cerebral and thoughtful uh, thing, <laughs> which um,
1: Mister the Laser Cannon. <laughs> <damn it. laughs> yeah, oh absolutely. no!
0: Which it isn't at all. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's rollicking and uh, absolutely marvellous. But lots way. of big explosions and stuff. Oh, lots lot, and lots of events and lots of mm. uh, lots of uh, sex and violence and uh, and and humour and all. Mm. Yeah, I mean all the things that you actually wanted to be to make it utterly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I loved. I loved the passages in Hell. I mean, they're, 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 the the harrow- the but but I, I was terribly engaged. You've got two very very alien uh, characters mm-hmm. who have found that who've been effectively sent into this hell to report back because yeah, it, it's uh-huh, denied. Yeah. Of course, hell is deniable. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. Ma- yeah. Maybe, maybe it doesn't really exist. So, and um, I, I, I wondered if uh, I mean, did you plan to write as much hell as you wound up doing, Not or did quite. you get engaged? Yeah. Did you get caught up in it because well it really spotted. does work?
1: No, they kind of whenever you're doing that stuff and in some ways the more harrowing something is, the more you have to watch out for this is you get to a point you think, well, I could in theory I I'm, I'm not supposed to stay in this for you know, a couple of thousand words or whatever. Um but you feel you kind of have to do justice to it and the more sort of uh, harrowing it is in a way, the more you, you, you can't just sort of, you know, pan away with the you know, the authorial camera. The campaign camera eyes were, you have to you have to do justice to it you have to sort of see it through to the end to the extent. And you did so, I
0: mean it's, all, it's almost a, a novel within itself the, the, yeah, the, uh-huh, the hell yeah. passages.
1: Um, so yeah that's my excuse basically but yeah it was, there was a little bit more to it than I thought there was going to be but uh, it, it just wasn't something I felt comfortable saying ah, there you go a bit of hell and now on with the rest of the story. He's couldn't really do that. No, and 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 you you made the right decision. you will be good. Relieved to hear.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about some of the other characters. Uh, yeah. In particular, and almost almost your main characters are um, uh, an Intagliate woman. Uh, we'll explain that word in a moment. Mm. Called LeDeja, mm. and uh, her her owner, who mm. is uh, Joy LeVepers. Can we hear about them?
1: Uh, well, the is, uh, she's intagliate, as you say. Um, I'm still not entirely intali- sure myself how to pronounce it, but intagliate or intagliate, whatever. Um, and she's very tattooed. I mean, she makes you know um, completely tattooed people, uh, as we understand oh, it. I enough, mean, all the way it. down to... Oh, her, her eyes inner, are tattooed, yes. her teeth are tattooed, beneath her nails are tattooed. Um, her inner her in- organs, inner inner organs are, are tattooed. Her bones are tattooed, even mm-hmm. the, the pores on her skin are arranged. As, and this um, has been done artificially but, to her, to, to
0: designate her as a possession.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the idea of the this uh, it's called the Schult the uh, the civilization that she's part of, and it's said we're of sort of paying off familial debt. Um, and if you can't afford to pay off the the billions that you owe, then uh, your uh, your family, or your, either, you either know, yourself or uh, future generations are forced to become entangliates, so that uh, the people to whom you owe the debt can sort of parade them, and they are in fact slaves. Uh, in theory, they have legal safeguards regarding their treatment, but uh, yeah, Joy, you know, Joy
0: Levepers doesn't do legal safeguards. Not though,
1: really, apart from over you know, property and money, obviously, uh, yeah, he's uh, a media magnate and also a sort of um, part of um, a family that's uh, established their, uh, their for- various fortunes. In fact, one of the, the first ones starting with basically computer games, uh, going way back. Um, and he's simply the richest man, not just in the world, but in this entire, you know, sort of multi-planetary civilization. And. Um, uh, a bit of a monster. Really, oh, he has know, no
0: redeeming yeah.
1: characteristics. Well, at he all. can be charming. I, I think, I'm, I hope I managed to get, of course, the idea of him being so charming, or well, he's just charming because everyone has to think he's charming. You know, the, say maybe that, you know, Peter the Terrible was great, or Ivan the Wonderful, or something, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, maybe everyone simply has to assume. You, you can sort pretend, of hear all but, his courtiers yeah.
0: laughing at the jokes. Ah,
1: yes. I'd be funny, sir. So, yeah, but
0: yeah. what you've done, of course, w- w- with him is you, you've made him a, a terrible, a, a truly bad. I'm going to call him a person, even though he's a sea shanty. Mm. But he actually—he's the most human character in the book. He, I mean, he could be in in, uh, in any book. You could write a a completely non-science fiction novel. Oh yes, yeah, so
1: he's certainly got a, a, quite a few of the standard human feelings. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. And
0: yet, you you you've as a, I was gonna say put him on the side of the angels. That's not true. What you've done is you've positioned him so that he he must he 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 mustn't be interfered with. Mm. Um and and you enjoyed that, didn't you? You enjoyed the oh, moral ambiguity of that.
1: Hell yeah! I mean, that's. Um, I mean, the thing is, you've always to be careful, uh, especially writing. Sort of space opera, you know, um, science fiction at this sort of level where you you have got such control over all the variables and uh, over the various societies and civilizations involved. Uh, of getting too sort of preachy and of mismaking it too sort of you know black. Cat, well, you've also got a problem. that
0: culture know. is more or less completely go- good. Yeah, basically. It's it's yeah. uh, it, it's <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> differ, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's solved the problem of want. There, there. Mm. It's got limitless no, reasons. Yeah. It's mm. solved the problem of uh, of. of Power in the sense that it, essentially all, all the members of, of culture opt into. It and it, it's uh, although there are different functions, there's not a huge hierarchy.
1: Not really. Well, there is but only in the sense of there's, there's the human beings, and uh, to some extent, the drones, and then there's, there's the minds who are who are really in charge. You know, they're eight just eight a lot smarter know. than him.
0: In fact, e- e- guess, e- yeah. How do you pronounce it? Ime. You've got a character called uh, Y oh, I call M E.
1: Yo, oh, Yime. How's it called? I, I pronounce it like I, Lime with, with, a, with a, a Y spent, instead of a, an L. I spent uh,
0: 630 pages calling her Ime. So, well, so, yeah, I know. know.
1: yes. <laughs> That's your experience. You can pronounce her name as you choose. And, <laughs> and you've got
0: her at one point at home. Uh- where she doesn't have any of these artificial interi- hmm. intelligences because she rather likes to be the, the smartest thing in her uh-huh, environment, and, environment. Yes, and that's uh-huh. really unusual in the culture.
1: Oh yeah, uh-huh. but you know, but absolutely not banned. I think quite quite hard to you know um, to to arrange in a sense, but it, it can be done. But that's the whole point of the culture: is that you can more or less do as you damn well please. You know, so uh, with again the usual proviso of it not harming others, etc. Mm. Uh, but yeah, well, I mean, that's this expression of, of how they some of your works,
0: ships. You know. Do as they down well please on I mean, yeah. some of them are downright quirky.
1: Yeah, ah, Do I use well, the word
0: quirky. Quirky, definitely. Insane. Well,
1: quirky, I think quirky is uh, yeah, as a euphemism well, yes. for quirky you know, is a fruitcake. Insane. Yeah, but I mean that, I think, even that is, in a sense, is, is deliberate. I mean, the I get, the one we're really talking about is one uh, who's got the uh, the human sort of avatar called Demison, yeah. and the ship's name is uh, falling outside the normal moral constraints. Well, the clue is kind of in the in the title, and it's one of this sort of class of, you know, sort of uh, ultra powerful warships that the culture is stationed, you know, various places you know, as a fire brigade stuff round the round the galaxy. Um and they have a reputation for being slightly mad. Uh, and that that basically means that you wouldn't fornicate with something, you know um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um it's because they're kind of unpredictable, and that's the way to be if you want to keep people. You know, it's slightly... odd though, that,
0: because that's where you've put you put the sort of the, the lunacy in your in hmm. your in your universe. Hmm. Um, I, I remember in um, uh, uh, you, uh, no the player of games hmm. there was one called Marwin Scale or something. Ah, uh-huh, the, Distinctly the drones, odd yeah. little drone with yeah. very very a lot of personality. Uh-huh.
1: Well, the idea behind that was because um, one of the sort of ideas behind um, the way the culture set up is that it doesn't sort of manufacture these artificial intelligences for the drones, which is what more on scale was, uh, which are a, a bit more than one, you know, uh, intel, one, one human intelligence is mm. a bit more than that. Slightly more intelligent than humans, but not much. <laughs> that doesn't um, take much. Though. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm aiming low. You know? <laughs> um, whereas the minds are like, oh, get zillions of times more intelligent whatever. Um, but in, in both cases, uh, the, the the culture deliberately doesn't you know sort of precisely manufacture them according to very rigid specifications. There's quite a lot of, uh, sort of uh, leeway, a lot of play left, as it were. And some of the minds that, that come out of the mines are you know um, simple, relatively simple AIs that come out the other end. Um, are just uh, a bit nuts, you know. There's, 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 there's a distribution curve, and the vast majority are fine and okay. And, uh, and, and the ones much in your nice. books. uh well, some of them, you know, and to prove the point, you know, some of them um, are either a bit too violent, in which case uh, they, they cannot be used for um uh, the, the purposes that they were meant to be used for. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, they have, you have to be under control, you know, especially in a war, in a sense. Um, uh, unless you want the reputation for for madness, of course, uh, uh, or they're, they're um, too insular. And uh, there's definitely an idea. I think it's expressed in a couple of the novels that uh, uh, some of the minds, in particular, that are created, just go, sort of, you know, brought to consciousness, wake up and go, oh, well, well thank you, you know, but I'm off now, you know. Yeah, not they do. Yes, they? go, just head for, off and for um, years whatever, you know, and you know they're you know utterly sufficient unto themselves and don't really want to have any part to, anything to do with the culture and the culture just accepts that as you know part of it. but they're benefiting from having uh, a great variety of of different minds that will come up with different ideas and behave differently and just do be think, interesting. Do
0: you think like. that people would ever be would ever be content or even comfortable with with machines that were infinitely more? intelligent than that. And I think of things, you know, I think oh. of like Star Trek in the past where in order to compensate, Mr. Spock and, and Mr. Data have to be um, uh, emotional... I- idiots uh-huh. Yeah. in order to as it were to compensate for the fact that they're much smarter than, mm. than Captain Kirk and Captain Picard well
1: that's us being sort of speciesist you know we're, we're so there's this real sort of uh, drive in humanity to regard ourselves as you know absolutely their bees knees you know nothing can be better than us so any, any other species or any other individual um, you know uh, if they're going to be smarter than us has to, has to suffer you know uh, proportionately in, in some other way they have to have some other sort of uh, weakness or uh um, bizarreness sort of built in to compensate for the fact that you know they're uncomfortably annoyingly more clever than we are uh and in the culture that's just swept away that's just nonsense i mean humans in, in that sense in the culture don't matter only the minds really do having said that you know the. um that there's very much an idea in the culture that it's, uh, it fades out at the edges, and there's, there's entire you know, groups and all Yeah, because there are other civilizations. Ah, yeah, and there's ones that think we are the real culture, you know, and this is sort of the main bit of it that you encounter in the novels is, you know, some bizarre and uh, rather sort of bloated offshoot that doesn't deserve to call itself a culture because it's still involved with warfare, say, or because uh, it is completely, um, as they see it, subservient to the minds. Um, so it, it's, it's not as sort of done deal in that way. This is all, all there is to the culture, but uh, certainly, yeah, there has to be some variation in the way that the, the minds and the AIs come out of the the process of their own creation, and in, in which they have you know a degree of you know, self making as it were going on, um, just so that you know that you're you're not getting simple automata. So you have to you know, build that variety in.
0: Nobody's made any
1: movies of your science fiction I know. books. Have would
0: you like the to see it? Yeah, you would like to see
1: <laughs> Yeah, particularly Consider you know, I'm sure there's one The first one. Yeah, great well,
0: title, by the way. I know where that comes from. That's from The, uh, the, the Wasteland, wasteland yeah, part, T.S. Eliot. part four,
1: yeah. Um, uh, in fact, in one of the later novels uh, it comes from the very next line because it's a Gentile or Jew or you who look to Windward.
0: Look to Windward, yes, of course, yeah, that's right. Um,
1: consider Fleebus, Oh, good wrote, was, yeah. oh, Of course you know. Um <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's one that's got, considerably has uh, all the spe- most spectacular stuff in it. You know, it's got lots of it's got big ridiculous stuff, ridiculous set yeah, pieces, James Cameron there. stuff, kind of. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and I'd love to see that f- that film. You know, because I'm just a boy at heart. You know, and uh, I'm the child of Jerry Anderson. <laughs> I took to Thunderbirds and all, all those big explosions far too naturally as a child. You know, I'm so. trying to <laughs>
0: see your books done with puppets. <laughs> it's just not working.
1: And uh, well. no, it wouldn't work, would it? it know, no. well, even Jerry had abandoned proper. Well, abandoned the strings towards the end, you know. So. Ian,
0: the book is Surface Detail. It's out now. It's sixteen ninety nine from Orbit, and it's mm. absolutely marvellous. Thank very you very great. much. Thank you. That was Tim Hague reads books presented by Tim Hague. Tim Hague reads books is a Green Shoot production. More details can be found at www green-shoot.com or Tim can be contacted on tim at green-shoot.com